Amen. Amen. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel today in uh, chapter 16, so you can, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, we have had the privilege of being in this book several times this year. And, and so I'm going to mention a couple of the messages that I preached earlier this year. On Mother's Day, we, we, we talked about Hannah's prayer. And we talked about Hannah. And, and, and if you guys don't know it, there's no Samuel without Hannah, okay? But there's no, there's no Samuel, as we learn, without the Lord. And so as we, as we, we learn about Hannah, that she was, a real, she was a special woman. And although Hannah was barren, she couldn't have children. She was not prayerless. She kept persisting with the Lord, and she was bold, and she was passionate, and she was persistent in prayer. And although the Lord had closed her womb, her heart was still open towards him. I want you to get that, because sometimes when God doesn't give us what we want, we close our heart. But she didn't close her heart towards the Lord. She kept seeking him and pleading with him. And she said to the Lord, Lord, if you give me this child, I will give this child back to you. What a, what a bold prayer. What a bold prayer. And, and, and she was greatly loved by her husband and greatly loved even more so by the Lord. And so she trusts in the Lord and God answers her prayer. And she has, she has her son Samuel. And, and she keeps her word. She raises up. She weans him. She brings him to the priest Eli. And he's raised up by, by the priest Eli and his sons. And, 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 and right there. And she makes a commitment. She, she keeps it. That's one of the things I, I admire about her. She, she didn't get the gift and then forget about what she said. She kept her word. And God honors her by taking her son and using him. We're going to talk about Sam in just a moment. God used him in incredible ways. He also blessed her with more children. You guys didn't know it. She had several other children. I think she had three sons, two daughters. So God, when he blesses, he gives us above and beyond, doesn't he? When we trust him, he gives us above and beyond. So I encourage you to read, if you look up Hannah, look up Hannah's prayer. Because I want you to notice about her focus. Her focus was, Anna, Hannah honors the giver, not the gift. Even though she wanted the son. She's talking about the Lord. And the supreme source of Hannah's joy is not in the child, but in the God who answered her prayer. Amen? Amen? It's about the Lord. So we see Samuel, he grows up in the presence of the Lord under the priest Eli, and he grew in stature and favor with the Lord. The Lord was with Samuel. He, become, he, he becomes one of Israel's greatest prophets. I want you to know some things about, about him that stand out to me. One, one, Samuel was zealous for the Lord. I mean, he, he really was passionate. In, in, Sam, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, this is what he says about him. It says, all the elders of Israel gathered together to Samuel at Ramah, and they said to him, you're old? Wow, that's nice. And your sons are, do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. I want you to notice that. And then it says, but when they said, give us a king to lead us, lead us this displeased Samuel. In other words, he was upset, and he prayed to the Lord. And this is what the Lord told him. Listen to all that people are saying to you. It's not you they rejected, but they rejected me as their king. Now Samuel was indignant. He was upset because he knew the Lord was, the Lord was their king. They didn't need a, a human king. And yet they said, we want to be like all the other nations. And so it just displeased him. And he was passionate about the Lord. And yet he was obedient to the Lord as well. Because the Lord said, go ahead, tell him what's going to happen. And he does. He, he, he gives them somber report. And, and when he gives them the report, you know what they did? They kind of put their hand up and said, no, we don't care. We want a king. 
And so he gave him a king. And he goes ahead and he, he, he anoints Saul. Saul is the first king of Israel from the tribe of, of Benjamin. And uh, Saul started out well, but if you've read the story, uh, he did not have a heart for the Lord. And we see it come out in his pridefulness and his disobedience to the Lord. And so God eventually, and this was the next message we preached on, was that partial obedience is what? Disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. We talked about this during the summer months as I preached on the fall of Saul. And it wasn't that he didn't do part of what God said, but he would pick and choose what he wanted to do. And, 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 and Samuel calls him out and says, the Lord has rejected you as king. He, he talks about disobedience being like the sin of witchcraft. I mean, that's, that's how strong a statement he makes about when we're disobedient and we do what we want to do. And, but Samuel, at the same time, he mourns over the loss of Saul. He, he mourns over the potential. You know, he says, God was going to give you the kingdom forever. It was going to be in your family, and now it's, it's gone. And, and, and God eventually rejects Saul as king, and we see Samuel mourning for Saul's sin. So that's another trait, is that he was mourning over, over, over Saul's disobedience. And, and so my question to you is, do you know that God mourns over our sin? God mourns over our sin. Do you mourn over your sin? Do you mourn over the sins of, of your children? Do you mourn or lament over the sins of, of our nation? This week, guys, God just stopped everything. You know, I, I got a call on, on Wednesday. Uh, actually, I got a text from one of you saying, are you watching TV? It's the middle of the day. I'm watching. I'm working on the message. I'm like, you know, why are you texting me this, you know? You get your focus. And then I, I had a meeting with David and Lynn, our deacon, head, head of our deacons, and, and they're, they're watching TV too, you know? And I said, listen, we got, we got church business to take care of here. Turn the TV off. You know, it'll still be there when you get home. We got to, you know, we focus and we, 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 we did what we needed to do. But when I got home and I saw what had happened, man, I was just devastated for our country. I really was. And, and, and we, Doug, Elder Doug was leading prayer that night. Usually I leave Wednesday night. I called Doug. I said, Doug, you got your work cut off for you tonight, brother. I'm <laughs> praying for you. But, I mean, he led us in a powerful time of prayer as we prayed for our nation. And that's what we're called to do. And then on Thursday night, God led me to Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. And it's about lamenting. There's a time we need to lament over our sin. We need to lament. We need to sit in it. We need to cry out to the Lord. And it means to cry out passionately. And we were crying out for our nation because it was a sad, sad day for our nation. We had dictators making fun of our nation that day. It was, it was not a good day for us. And, and so we needed to lament for our sins. And then we, we came back to the Lord. And, and so I just say that there's seasons and times where we need to lament for our sin. Amen? Amen? And we need to not just go over that. You know, we need to do that. And so that's what we did. And then lastly, the last point about Samuel is that he was obedient and he was dedicated to the Lord. Samuel had a close relationship with God. And he prayed and he listened to what the Lord told him. And then he did it. He followed through and he, he, did, he kept his word. And so now I want us to read today, to start with today's passage today. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16. Uh, we're going to read the first, 
believe the first seven verses. Let's read together. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I've rejected him as king of Israel, over Israel? Fill your horn and oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint the one I indicate. And Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked, did you, do you come in peace? And Samuel said, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to stop there for a moment. I'm going to go back a few verses before we get into verse 7. And if you notice, um, Samuel, when God tells him what to do, he's got a question, okay? In verse 2, he says, how can I go? How can I do what you're asking me to do? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. He understands Saul. He understands King Saul. And we're going to see, if you read, continue to read, you can see how Saul, his character, and how he, he was definitely capable of, of taking him out. And then, but God gives him direction, tells him what to do, and he does it. He says, go ahead and take a heifer with you and, and tell him you've come to sacrifice to the Lord. And, and, and he follows God's direction, and God protects him. And so, you know, when, when, all that to say that sometimes God asks us things to do, right? And we have fear. And that doesn't mean we're not supposed to do it, but we need to seek his face. And say, Lord, how, how, how do I do this? Sometimes it's just, hey, I just want you to step out in faith and do it and trust I'm going to protect you. Sometimes he gives you direction where you can work around the situation. So Samuel goes ahead and does it. And then I want you to notice verse 6. He sees Eliab. Eliab, and I want to talk about Eliab in just a moment. But Eliab was the oldest of of Jesse's sons. And, And so Samuel sees him. He says, that's the guy. That's got to be the guy. And, 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 but God says, I don't look at the things that you look at. There's a verse that you, you need to look up for later. I want you to write this down. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It speaks to this and, and just how God works. God does not look at what man looks at. And what it says in, in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You and I cannot put God in a box. His ways are different than our ways. And we're not even going to totally understand his ways sometimes. But we need to follow him. God does not look at what we look at. Eliab was the oldest son. He was tall and handsome. And Samuel immediately was impressed by his physical appearance. I mean, he certainly looked the part of king, right? But so, so, so did Saul. Saul, if you remember, was a head above everybody else. He looked the part. But God said, no, 
God said no. And so for you and I, as we think about verse 7 and what it says, we, like the prophet Samuel, often have a tendency of looking at the outward appearance of a person. And, and, and we are impressed by the wrong things. When you think about our country, you think about just pre-COVID, let's go back, I know it's hard to remember before, but, you know, we were as rich as we could get. I mean, the stock market was through the roof last January, and it's all about the lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? We see it on TV, we see it at Kardashians. We, you see who gets all the hype, right? It's all about how you look, all those different things. And God doesn't care at all about that. But we can fall into being impressed by the wrong things. But God says this. He says, what's inside is more important than what's outside. Amen? Amen. We need to remember that. Oh, that we would learn to see things the way God sees them. Amen? And we need to ask Him for that. We need to ask Him, Lord, help us to see what you see. To see a person's heart. I'm going to tell you guys a story. I'm embarrassed by this story, but I want to tell you about it because God taught me some things. I talked to Dale, Dale this morning. By the way, pray for Dale and Sharon. They're under the weather. It's not COVID. They just got a cold, but, you know, whenever Dale gets sick, I, I get worried. And so, but I told him, I said, Dale, you're in the message today. And so hopefully he's listening. But years ago, when I first came in the pastorate, I came in the pastorate here in 2000. I know I look like I'm 30, you know, but... but <laughs> just joking, just joking, but uh, but when I, yeah, anyway, I came to pastor in 2000. At that time, we were actually going through a similar season, where we did not have a senior pastor, and and I was not ready to pastor the church. I just literally, um, I hadn't even preached a message yet. I mean, I just literally was beginning in the pastorate and being trained, and 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 so, Dale, our associational office, CMBA. Uh, where Sister Mindy works, they, they help get interims for churches. And, and they brought over Dale, um, and I met him in, in, in the pastor's office over there. And I remember meeting Dale. And, you know, our church, if you, you knew our church and you know about our church, we're a diverse church, a lot of different people groups. And I, I met Dale, and I'm a short, stocky guy. He's white. He's from down south, Illinois. I'm just being honest. I'm being real. I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, how's this going to work? And I got to know him over the last next 20 minutes. He shared with me. And, and I, after 20 minutes, Holy Spirit just, just crushed me. And, and I said, Dale, I'm so, so sorry. I misjudged you. You know, I, 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 I looked at you, and I thought, how's this going to work? And, and Dale, Dale is a sweet guy because he can crush you with gentleness, okay? This is like a gentle word will crush, crush your bone. I mean, Dale's like, I knew that. <laughs> he says, I, I, could, I knew what you were doing and stuff. And, and, and God just taught me so much because God sees the heart of a person. And Dale has the heart of a pastor. He's a shepherd. And he shepherded our church for a year. And in that year, our church grew. We, we had multiple services at the time. And I remember going through Easter, and we were back. We had surpassed. You know, I mean, we, were, we were really growing. And, and besides that, he just loved on people. He taught me how to be a shepherd. He taught me, uh, I remember just telling me, he, told me, he used to tell me the most 
10 most important mo- moments in the, in, in the church is 10 minutes before the service. You need to be in the service. You need to be greeting people as they come in. You need to welcome them. Word of look and touch. He's taking people out. He, he would see new people. Him and Sharon would take them out to lunch back when that was okay. <laughs> you know? and just, but he's just a wonderful man of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, so all that to say is, it, you know, I, I know I'm not the only one that does this. Have you ever had someone judge you based on how you look? We're dealing with that as a society right now, every day, right? We see it on the news all the time. And we can do that too. And so there's this thing where it's like, God, God help us to see. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes we judge each other prematurely. Sometimes you've been judged prematurely. It can happen to any one of us, amen? And we need to guard ourselves about that and say, Lord, help me see the heart of the person. Help me hold back my judgment Get to know them. Uh, and and that's, that's where I pray that we are this year, that we would be getting to know, getting to understand each other's. Even when we disagree, we can, we can disagree in an agreeable way and understand one another. And so, you know, this year, as we begin this new year, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's a perfect time to reset, okay? Take advantage of this time. And, 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 and so we need to do that. And, and my question for you is, like, right now, if I ask you, what does God see when he sees your heart? Where are you at with your walk with the Lord? And you need to be honest. Some of us are wandering. This is a difficult season. None of us thought this was going to go on this long. And it's easy in this season to lose hope, to stop doing the things that we need to do. And, 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 and God, this is what God's looking for. He says he's looking for people whose hearts are fully committed to him. And that's where we need to be. And that's where we need to stay. And, and so is your heart fully committed to the Lord? Or are you divided in your focus? Maybe, maybe you need to turn the TV off and stop watching the world news for a while and just turn it off, you know, and just spend the time in worship. Spend the time in the Word. Spend the time encouraging each other in, in, in God's Word. Um, I, I, I encourage you, you know, to reboot, to reboot, to take time, to get in the Word, to join us in prayer. That, that prayer meeting, one of the things I love about it is, you know, you can't say, well, I miss Wednesday night, I miss prayer. No, even Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Come join us. Come join us. And then pray about how God can use you in the midst of this season. Even one of the things that God has taught me in the midst of, of this season is, you know what, you can continue to minister in the Lord in this season. And I'm so proud of our church that we continue to do that. We do it different. But, you know, Monday night meal is still going on, right? And so we've we got we to gotta be continuing about the business the Lord's um, given us to do. Uh, I'm going to go on, start verse 8, and we'll read it through. It says, then, then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. And then Jesse had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to, to him, But Samuel said to him, The Lord has chosen, not chosen any of these. And he said, Jesse, you have any more sons? (laughs) What do you you got? What do you got? He said, Well, I've got this one kid. He's out tending sheep. You know, there's still the youngest. He said, Send for him. We did not sit down. We're not having a bite. We're not doing anything until he gets back. And so he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing. He says, He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. 
So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went on to Ramah. Praise the Lord. We learn a lot here. That's the first time you hear about David. And this story really isn't about David. It's about Lord, the Lord, okay? It's about how God chooses people and why he chooses them. And we're, you're going to learn more about that. It's, and I encourage you to read through that book. I miss, I'm, I'm looking at Anne-Marie right now and thinking about the Young at Hearts. That's our book. You know, we didn't get to finish it, but so blessed to, to go through it together. Now, I want you to know that David was the man of God's own choosing. Notice some things about David. He, he was actually the youngest of the brothers. He's the baby brother. He's the run of the litter. You ever have somebody in your family run a litter? You know what I'm talking about? He's the guy that's unnoticed, you know, off to the side, overlooked. His father either thought he was too young or too insignificant to even invite him to the feast. He's like, you just go out and be with the sheep. That's, that's how they looked at David. But David, I want you to notice this as well. He was also a shepherd at heart. He's out there. He was a shepherd at heart. He, he, God saw that. You know, I mean, that's part of what God saw, that he was going to shepherd his people. Earlier I stated God's ways are different than our ways. And, and many times in Scripture, God surprises us. This isn't the first time this happens. God surprises us and he chooses the younger brother over the older brother. And it's always supposed to be the older brother, right? But no, God... God Turns that on its head. He, he chose Abel over Cain. He chose Jacob over Esau. If you continue to read through the Old Testament, you'll see it. He does it many times. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, verse 27, you can look it up later. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So why does God choose the young, the weak, the foolish? So God gets all the glory, amen? So that we don't boast in our own abilities because it's not about us, it's about Him and what He does through us. And so in the end, after going through seven brothers, the prophet Samuel anoints David to be king. And David was anointed and then it was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And just as God called David, He calls you and I. I want you to know that. He calls us and He equips us. I'm going to tell you guys just briefly how I got called to ministry at Uptown. Um, it was during a season where, where Promise Keepers was going on. My wife doesn't like it when I mention Promise Keepers. It's, uh, I was not the best parent at the time uh, to our daughter. I was so hooked on Promise Keepers. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, so something happened in Promise Keepers that really stuck, uh, stayed with me. I remember one of the speakers talking about that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. That really stood out to me because God had been working on me for years and, and bringing me to a place of, of being called in ministry. And, and I remember all that, that happened previously. I remember actually kind of thrusting myself in the position. Our, our pastor was Tom Maluga at the time. I remember coming to him one January and saying, you know, I think I'm ready to go in full-time ministry, and, and he did not reciprocate. <laughs> and uh, at that time, it was really difficult because I was, we were having our first child. My job had become a real job, my part-time job. I, I always called it my part-time, full-time job. Well, my full-time job was 
actually full-time. So I couldn't do what I wanted to do in ministry. And so I thought that was the perfect time, and God said no. And it was almost a year later before Tom approached me and said, now I think it's time. And, and there's a lesson in that because God tests us before he calls us, right? I went through that year. I actually had to give up the dream. I gave up that dream. I said, it's not going to happen. I'm going to raise my, my daughter and my, my kids. I'm going to kind of be a lay person, and that's good. And uh, it wasn't until I let go of that dream that God called me. And then I still had to go through another process of waiting. And I'm just saying that for you because sometimes when God calls you, he's still going to test you because if you notice David didn't just become king when he got anointed, did he? He goes, and I encourage you to read, he went through a whole lot of mess before he actually became king. But God did work in his life in that time, and that's necessary for him to do in order for him to be the king that God called him to be. God, uh, you know, so when, when, I, when I got called here, I'm going to go back to that verse, that, 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 that word that I said. That freed me up when I heard that saying, to give, give over to the calling. Because I kept saying to myself, I'm not equipped. I can't do this. And God said to me, he says, you can learn that when you get there. I, I actually went to seminary after I was called. I mean, that was the one requirement by the elders. So you you got to go to school. You know, you, you, you're, you're going. And so, um, and, and praise God, they did that, you know, and so on. But God said, if I call you, I will equip you. And so I just want to say that to you, to any of you that God speaks to, because he will equip you if he calls you. Amen? He did so for me, he'll do so for you. But you need to be obedient to then take that step of faith. And that's what I did. And as I took that step of faith to the calling, then he equipped me. Let's go back, get back to David. David was a man after God's own heart. So my question is, what was different about David and Saul? Well, David was a man after God's own heart. And like David, you think Saul was anointed, and he was filled with the Spirit. And we did see that in Saul's life. And he did begin well. But if you read and you learn about Saul, his heart was not right with God. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure he had a relationship with the Lord. Because whenever he would get in trouble and talk to Samuel, he would say to Samuel, take me to the Lord your God. He never said my God. He said your God. It's like he just didn't have that connection. And he was not walking with the Lord. But David, God knew David's heart. He had a relationship with God. God knew that when, when Goliath would, would curse out the people of God, God knew that David would get indignant about him insulting the Lord. He knew David would also trust God's strength to defeat his enemy. And so for you and I, I just want you to know, God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he does expect us to seek after him and that our hearts would be open to him and that we would submit to his leadership in our lives. Amen? Amen. This is not a long message. I'm actually getting ready to close up. The point of the message really is that God sees the heart, okay? Believe with nothing else. And so my challenge for us is that we would not judge people by outward appearances. And and we see it happening in our nation all the time. I mean, we, we, we judge each other. You know, whether you're Democrat or Republican, or you, you know, all these different things. We judge each other for these things. And, and I won't want us to judge each other. On our, and and that, that, I state, make that statement because it's splitting the church right now. Okay? It's splitting the church in our nation right now. And, 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 and it's like we've got to be able to, we don't have to agree on everything. Okay? 
We have to agree on the main things and keep our focus on Him and continue to walk together. And so we need to not judge on outward appearances. And I also don't want you to dismiss your own gifts that God's giving you for service for the Lord. Because as I said, He will equip you. And so be obedient. If God calls you, step out in faith. Talk to us. You know, we want to utilize you and use the gifts that God's given you. We often question or doubt our abilities and gifts for service. But remember, when God calls, He, he will equip you. And so do not downplay the work that God can do in and through you by His Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close in a word of prayer. Uh, Al and Andy are going to lead us in a closing song. And then when we get back, after they're done, I have an announcement, and I'll close in prayer. So let me pray, pray for a minute, and, uh, and then I'll invite them up. Lord God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Lord, that your ways are not like our ways at all, that you see the heart. And, and Lord, we pray that we would, we would be like you, that, Lord, you, we'd be open and asking you and not prematurely judge people, but ask you to help us see their heart. And, uh, Lord, we thank you as well that you're a God of second and third and fourth chances, and so help us not to give up on each other when we mess up as well. So we just give you the glory. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Alan and Andy.